Girlfriends, episode number 122, When Friendships Change. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about how to navigate changing in friendships. Let's get going. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Thanks for being here. I'm glad you're joining me for another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. How have you been? Have you had a good weekend? Are you having a good week? I wonder if you're busy. You know, I talked about on a recent uh, Catholic Mom Hangout, which are these Facebook Lives I do, and check them out. You can join me every Thursday at 11 a.m. It's not always me, but it's frequently me. And just talking about everyday topics for a few minutes, connecting live on Facebook, or you can check out the video after the fact. Anyway, on a recent one, I was talking about busyness, and I know this is a topic we've talked about on the podcast in the past, but it's been on my mind because I am so busy. This is a very busy season for me, and springtime usually is anyway, but you know, that idea that sometimes we wear busyness as a badge, like this badge of honor, like, how are you? I'm busy, you know? Uh, I try to avoid that. And I try to avoid that kind of attitude. Like busyness is not a virtue, right? You're not automatically doing great things just because you're busy, right? So anyway, I'm keeping that in mind, even as my days are busy. It's been, you know, I, I prefer to think of it as life is big and life is big for me right now. And you may go through seasons like this as well. Just a lot going on in this time of year. There's a lot going on with kids, with school, with sports. So that alone fills up my days. But I'm also working on a new writing project that I am super excited about. And I can't wait to share more with you about it. I can't just yet. But that's occupying most of my weekends because I'm trying to do it um, on off time from from weekdays. Um, so that's been a challenge and something that's taking up some of my time and just feeling kind of big. But my Ambrose is home. This is another thing, which is wonderful. He drove home from Ave Maria um, this past weekend with a group of friends. So he brought three of his friends with him. These just wonderful young men that we're really enjoying getting to know that are staying with us for just a little bit. And it's wonderful getting to know his friends. I'm, I'm just thrilled. And I think they're just great guys. So I have to give them a shout out because I guess on the drive up here, they played girlfriends. They played the most recent episode of girlfriends in the car <laughs> as kind of a, a joke on Ambrose, like he wants to listen to his mom. Um, but anyway, uh, of course, then they earn a shout out, but just great guys. I'm, I'm glad to have them, but it, you know, it all adds to the stuff that's going on all around me. And um, in seasons of life like this, where life feels big and it's daunting, I really do just take it one day at a time, sometimes um, one little chunk of my day at a time. And, you know, just ask Jesus to be with me through it. And I try to enjoy and appreciate all the stuff that's going on, because this is a great time of year. I don't have any kids that are receiving. Oh, no, I do. I have. <laughs> sorry. I was going to say I don't have kids receiving sacraments. I don't have any more first communions. Um, but uh, my Stephen is receiving confirmation in a few weeks. But, you know, that's exciting. And the things like I've got two that are graduating, one from college, one from high school. These are great milestones. These are things that I want to truly be present for, not frazzled and too busy. So focusing on doing that, if you're going through a busy season, in this time of year. Let me know how you're coping with it. Let me know what's going on in your life. You know, I love to hear from you. Anyway, 
that's what's going on here. Um, but this week we're talking about friendship. And this topic is inspired by an email that I recently received. This email is from Jennifer who writes, Hi, Danielle. I have only recently found your podcast and I'm doing my best to listen to as many as I can. I was wondering if you could offer some advice on how to deal with changing friendships as my faith grows. I have been a stay-at-home mom for almost five years. And during this time, I have been able to grow my faith and quote unquote, embrace my mother heart in this process. I find myself having less and less in common with friends I've had for years and not really feeling like I can be my true self. It seems unkind to stop spending time with them, and I'm really not sure that's what I want to do. I do know some friendships are not bringing me closer to God, but I do not know the best way to distance myself from these friendships. Thanks so much, Jennifer. Thank you for your email, Jennifer. And I think this is an important topic. We've talked about friendships. Friendships can be such complicated things for us girls. And we've talked about the importance of female friendships on the show before, but never quite from this angle, talking about changes in friendships, you know, and this is something I think all of us experience uh, to some degree or another, maybe not in quite so confusing or dramatic a way as Jennifer is experiencing it. But, you know, you people change and people's life circumstances change. So friendships can change along with them. And the people who are your besties in college may be lifelong friends, but they may not be, you know, a lot of it depends on the, the kind of people that they are and, um, you know, whether or not you're still in close proximity with each other and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's great. First of all, Jennifer, it's really, it's good that you're examining this part of your life because it's important. Your friendships actually really do influence who you are. You know, they say you're like the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, who are those people and how are they influencing you? Um, you know, I, I think it's really important to screen our influences as moms. So I think it's important that you examine this. I think it's um, really very, it's very mature to take a step back and say, okay, are these good influences in my life? Or are these bad influences in my life? I've done this before um, early in my motherhood. I mean, when I had, you know, a bunch of little kids, like under the age of five, really a, a difficult time for a lot of moms. And it was for me. And um, I had a, a few friends who, you know, shared similar circumstances, one of whom didn't really share my values. And, and maybe this is similar to what you're experiencing, Jennifer, that, um, she did a lot of complaining about motherhood. She did uh, a lot of trying to escape it in various ways. And I'm not saying mothers should never escape, but it was like where this woman's focus was and the way she talked about her motherhood, the way she talked about her children and talked about her responsibilities to her family. It really brought me down. It really did. And I, at first I thought I can be a good friend to this person. I can be a positive influence. Well, we need to be careful about when we're setting our up to be a good influence because we're not all that strong. And I found that um, more often than not, I was not succeeding in, in being a good example to this woman and being a bright spot of light to her. It was more often I would leave our conversations or our times together uh, really being negative about my own motherhood, noticing all the little things and um, rather than laughing about, you know, some of the trials and struggles, like other girlfriends would encourage me to laugh about things or to, you know, commiserate together in a very healthy way. But um, so this one woman, I, I wasn't terribly close to her. So it's probably different from the kind of experience you're having, Jennifer. But 
it it was a time when I had to make a conscious decision, like, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm not going to call her and I'm going to call her less frequently. And until the point where it just sort of naturally, we, we drifted further away. So the first step, I think, Jennifer, is to, and this is for all of us, to examine your friendships, which it sounds like you're already doing. And then if you come to the conclusion that it's, it's time for a friendship to change. And maybe the other person isn't anticipating this at all. And maybe it can be a painful thing. It's important to be sensitive about that, but it is important to guard your influences. And it's important to screen what you're allowing to influence your life in this is your vocation. This is important work you're doing. So you don't want to sacrifice it because you're worried about hurting somebody's feelings. But I don't think you have to go through some formal breakup. I, I really don't. Um, I, I think you can just stop texting somebody as frequently and, and kind of work it in that way. I mean, many of us have experienced changes in friendships that happen just because, you know, we go in different directions. We're distracted for a while. And, you know, if you're if you're lucky, if you're blessed, you have a friend um, that you're close with that can survive situations like that, right? Where you're both busy for a while, but you get back together and it's like you you pick right up where you left off. Well, other friendships, I think many of us have experienced, uh, don't really work that way. If you're spending more and more time apart, they just kind of naturally drift apart. And that can be painful. It can be. It can be a real loss. You can remember good times together and kind of miss your time together. If you're not the one that's choosing to allow that to happen, it's the other person who's kind of moving away from you. That can be a painful process, but it is very normal. I mean, most people don't make, you know, super close friends early on in life and they stay that way. Friendships change, relationships change. It's, um, it's not a marriage, so it's okay for them to change. And it's okay for kind of friends to, you know, be closer at, at certain times and farther away at other times. So if you've determined that you have a negative influence in somebody who is a friend of yours, you don't have to call her up and have a breakup, you know. Um, but one thing you might try to do if you don't want to um, completely remove this person from your life is you, you could try pointing out the differences. You could try you know, um, if she's saying, you know, one thing, you know, saying something that challenges her a little bit, uh, depending on what kind of differences you have with this person. But you really do. I want to encourage you, Jennifer, to take this seriously, because the people you're hanging out with really do, whether you mean for them to or not, they really do influence how you're thinking and how you're feeling, especially about something as sensitive as your motherhood, as your vocation, as your marriage, as your family. You don't want to be really risking adding negativity to that because, I mean, the world already is challenging us in that direction. Um, and I know I have experienced being more vulnerable to outside influences than I anticipated. And so it, it's good that you're aware of it. Uh, but I want to encourage you to take it seriously. So I don't, not knowing your specifics, I don't have specific advice for the ways in which you should end that particular friendship, or I don't know if you have multiple, um, but maybe some of our listeners do. And uh, maybe some of our listeners could share how their, you know, friendships in their life have changed and how they've handled that that kind of a challenge. Um, but beyond that, beyond losing friendships, I want to talk a little bit about making friendships because this is something that a lot of women really struggle with. I do hear from women all the time. Like I'll give a talk at a women's conference and um, really be talking about the importance of having a network of friends that support you, even if it's just one or two girlfriends, that we women really do need each other and that we really do support each other in unique ways, in ways that men can't do. Like 
fine if you want to say your husband is your best friend, but he can't fill that role of a girlfriend for you. Um, so it, you know, for you, Jennifer, and for anybody who is maybe having a change of friendships in their life and maybe looking for new friendships, I want to encourage you that that's an important thing to do. And know that it's challenging for some of us more so than others. Making friends really takes us outside of our comfort zone. And it's not like, you know, third grade anymore, which was hard enough for some of us to make friends on the playground or whatever. Um, a lot of times moms, even inside of parishes, can be kind of clicky and they've already got their friends. And, you know, I, I distinctly remember as a young mom wanting friends and reaching out to certain people and um, certain more veteran moms were really the ones that I wanted to be hanging out with because I felt like I had so much to learn from them. And I remember one mom in particular that I was reaching out to and trying to connect with. And I got the very definite vibe from her, like she wasn't mean or anything, but she was all set. You know, she she didn't really need my friendship. And that stung. That hurt. Um, so it is it can be a painful thing to kind of put yourself out there and try to make new connections that are going to be supportive. And so many of us are allergic to that kind of vulnerability. But it's important to do. So I want to encourage you to do it. Um, places you can look for friends. Um, for sure, a lot of moms connect through their kids' schools. And if you're, you know, if your kids... Um, they don't even have to go to Catholic school for you to meet other moms through their school that you might have share values with. Um, but parishes, of course, and if your parish has a women's group or a mom's group, that's a great place to start. If it doesn't, you might want to look into like even just starting a book club for women or something along those lines to kind of bring out other people inside of that community who might be looking to connect. Um, you know, the uh, there's a, a saying about if you if you want a friend, be a friend. And that's where we need to focus. You need to focus on becoming that friend that you want to be. Like, are you just like hoping somebody's going to come up and, and connect with you after mass? Well, maybe be that person who walks up and connects with somebody after mass. If that's, you know, what you what you want in your life is that kind of connection. Maybe you can be that for somebody else and be that friend that you're you're hoping to find. Um, so I know that it's challenging and um, it it can hurt a little bit when it doesn't work out. Um, but it is important to, to find women in your life and you don't need 15 Girlfriends, it's great if you've got a great group of girlfriends and some of us really thrive on that, but you might not even have the kind of personality where you want that in your life. You might find that exhausting, whereas somebody who's more extroverted loves it. But you really do need some people that you can connect with, like a good girlfriend. And yes, girlfriends counts, right? But <laughs> I can't replace your in real life girlfriends, okay? You definitely need in real life girlfriends. But this is an area where many of us struggle. This is an area where many of us make the excuse that, you know, we're busy and we're, we're devoting ourselves to our families right now. And so we don't have the time to be spending with girlfriends or the time to be spending trying to connect with other women. Um, but it is an important thing in your life. It's an important part of the support that I think you need because in the past, maybe it was more common for people to, you know, live in extended families. First of all, that were a great support to um, child rearing and a support to moms who were caring for children at home. And 
Uh, but also it was like, you know, extended family was surrounding yourself with people who share your values, people who love you and share your values. Well, so many of us are living more isolated lives now. Many of us, especially at home moms like Jennifer, you say you are, um, are, are living in kind of isolation inside of like suburbia. Um, maybe a lot of our peers are, are going to work and we're staying home. Um, uh, you know, I, I think that there's real opportunity for loneliness there where in the past that was much less likely to happen. But the way our, our world is kind of our, our culture and our society is built up now, a lot of moms who make that choice to stay home with small children find themselves feeling pretty isolated in that choice. Like, you know, if your husband is working and he's gone all day, you're on your own. And um, if you if you don't happen to be in a thriving community or in a neighborhood, you know, I was blessed growing up. I lived in a neighborhood and my mom was friends with the ladies who lived next door, even if they weren't best friends. It was somebody that my mom could connect with on a daily basis. It was somebody whom she trusted to have her kids play in their yard for a while and that sort of thing. Um, but my experience raising our kids has been very different because um, we live out in the country. We don't really have neighbors and it can certainly be an isolating thing. So sometimes you need to just push yourself a little bit to make that effort to make new friends. And I completely understand that it's uh, challenging more so for some of us than others. I'm thinking of one woman in particular who came up to me once after a conference and she, she just, she basically was telling me she wanted me to be her girlfriend, you know, because she had connected through the podcast and, and I love that. And of course I consider people that I meet in that way. Um, actually, I really do consider them my friends because if somebody listens to the podcast and, and it resonates with them, then, you know, they get it. We connect in an important way. But she really needed some encouragement to be making friends in her own community. And some of us just break out in hives at the very idea of doing that. Um, so the last point I want to make is to pray about your friendships. Whether you're struggling with a relationship that you think is not a good influence and you don't know exactly how to um, uh, remove yourself from that situation, pray over that situation. Pray for that person. Pray for the courage to do what is best for you and for your family inside of those circumstances, even if it's socially uncomfortable a little bit. But then also pray for God to send good people into your life. We talked about um, last week praying for God to send good people into your children's lives. And this is for sure something that I've done many times over the years and probably will continue to do, asking God to send good friends to my kids because I know how important it is and I know how influential friends are and I, I want them to be surrounded by good people. Well, pray for the same thing for yourself. Pray for the, the grace of a good friendship in your life if that's an area where you're lacking or you feel you're self lonely. Ask God to send good people in your life. Ask God to open your eyes to opportunities to connect with people who might share your values, people who you might be able to connect with and be mutually supportive of. Um, just pray for that. And I think we don't often enough think of that. Like I, I know sometimes I, I, there are things that I don't pray about that I should just because it, it I don't know. We kind of have these categories, right? Like, well, that's not important enough to bring into prayer. Well, God cares about everything in your life. And I think friendships are such an important part of our lives and they can really make or break your day, make or break how you're feeling about something as important as your vocation to motherhood. So it's important and it's important to you. And it really truly affects your peace and your joy and your happiness in your everyday life. So of course, God cares about that.
bring him that, bring him that inside of your, your daily prayer life. Ask God to send you good friendships. Ask God to help you nurture the friendships that you have. Ask God to help you make deeper connections and more meaningful connections with the women that you are friends with. Ask God for ways that you can find new people to connect with inside of your community, if that's something that you're you're looking for. So that's it. Those are just a few of my thoughts about friendship, but I'm pretty sure some of you have thoughts to share about friendship. Maybe you have a story to share. Maybe you have some kind of encouragement, a a way that you connected with friends, a way that you found friends in a new community or in a challenging situation. So many women struggle with this, so we really would benefit from your input if you have something to share. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Connect with me on Voxer. Or, you know, I love it. If you send me a voicemail, it's super easy. Just record your voice and um, send it to me from your phone. You can email it to me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Okay, next up, I have another email from this time from Nicole. And this is what Nicole asks. Hello, Danielle. My name is Nicole, and I love listening to your podcast. Thank you for all that you share with me and your listeners. It truly encourages and inspires me to be a better Catholic woman. My reason for this email is one that I'm not very proud about. I feel pretty ashamed about it, actually, but you have such a gentle way of putting these things into perspective. I'm currently pregnant with my first child, and it's a boy. I know I should just be so grateful for this gift of a child and that he's healthy, but I can't shake these feelings that I wish I was having a girl. I just feel like I could mother a girl so much better than a boy. I know every child is a gift from God, and he knows them before we even have the slightest idea about them, and so therefore he knows who should be the parent of this child of his. I guess I'm not only struggling with the gender of my child, but also in just trusting in God's all around plan in all of this. I just feel so terrible for even having these feelings in the first place. I'm hoping you or your listeners can give me some advice on how to cope with all of this. Thank you for everything. And God bless you, your family and all of your listeners. Love, Nicole. First of all, Nicole, oh my gosh, everybody has conflicted feelings about pregnancies, okay? It's okay. Allow yourself to feel your feelings. First of all, you're pregnant and you are walking around in like a haze of hormones. This is bound to affect your feelings. So don't waste time feeling guilty about having any kind of, you know, feelings of how you wish it could be. And I'm going to take a guess here that you're a little bit correct in talking about that this is about your all around trust in God. And um, this is your first pregnancy. So um, this is this is all new. This is all challenging. This is something that is beyond your control. And that can feel very uncomfortable. So I think it's very normal that you would have these feelings of wanting to control it, wanting to feel on some level that this is familiar and um, something that you can handle. And the idea of maybe having a girl feels more manageable than having a boy. Completely understandable. I don't think you should feel guilty about that. For sure, you shouldn't be nursing those feelings and, you know, dwelling on them and really ruminating about them. But accept them for what they are. Accept the fact like, okay, I have this feeling. Well, I'm, I'm not going to stay there. And remind yourself, it sounds like you have all the right ideas. You know the truth that God has given this baby to you because he loves you and he loves this child. He loves this little boy that he's giving to you and he wants you and your husband to be the ones who are parents to this child. And I think it's so important to focus on that. And 
it, it sounds like you know that intellectually, but it's having trouble making it from your head to your heart and your heart is still struggling. And that's okay. You know, I think just reminding yourself of what you know every time you have those thoughts or those feelings it, it and accepting the fact that you're having those feelings instead of struggling and feeling guilty and ashamed of the fact that you're even having those feelings, you know, embrace where you are. And um, definitely this is something that you can bring to prayer and you can ask God as you're, as you're adjusting to motherhood and growing in your motherhood to help you to have a positive feeling about the idea of being a mom to a boy. And I promise you, I promise you that even though you might still struggle with certain kinds of negative feelings inside of your motherhood, once the baby comes, this is not going to be an issue. You're going to love that little baby when, when you, when you're holding him in your arms and as you carry him throughout this pregnancy, that's not going to be an issue for you. Um, it's going to go away, but I do want to reassure you that it's perfectly normal. I had a girl first, my oldest is a girl and uh, my husband struggled because he, he just couldn't even imagine like having a girl. And so that entire pregnancy, we don't find out, we never found out ahead of time, whether we were having a boy or a girl. So that entire pregnancy, he was saying, this is a boy. Of course, this is a boy. And he struggled when she was born. He was like, a what? A girl? And, and, it, you know, it lasted a few minutes and I know he felt awkward about it. And it just seemed weird to him to even have a baby girl, but he readily embraced that role and so much more so does a, a woman because she's so connected with the baby through childbirth. So I know that's going to happen for you. Um, but I did want to share with you just so you could know the level of normal. Uh, when I had a boy, which was my second, I had, and this was, we found out at birth, of course, I had some conflicted feelings. Like, how do I, it wasn't really that I didn't want a boy. It was, um, it was more, how do I be a mom to a boy? Like that is foreign territory. I don't even understand. But let me tell you, um, every child is foreign territory is what I've come to find out that just because it's a boy or just because it's a girl um, isn't going to really uh, make that much of a difference that every child is his own unique creature and you have to figure out how best to parent that child. So it's like starting all over again every time. Um, and I, so I want to encourage you that all of those kinds of conflicted feelings, people experience them all the time. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're not pro-life. It doesn't mean you don't love your baby. Um, um, but I, I do want to encourage you, first of all, that it's normal. Embrace the fact that you're having these feelings. It's okay. But then don't stay there. Just remind yourself of what you know. And I can see from what you wrote that you do know, you do know that this, this baby is, is given to you as a precious gift from God. And God has chosen you and your husband to be parents to this precious little boy. And you're going to be a good mom to him. And, uh, you know, going through these, these feelings of conflict and whatnot is, is probably more hormonal and a little bit of anxiety about not controlling the situation than anything else. So God bless you. We'll be praying for you, Nicole. Um, and uh, listeners, if you want to join me in praying for Nicole through her pregnancy, we're already praying for Taylor, who, um, you know, wrote into the podcast about conflicted feelings about motherhood before she even became pregnant, then became pregnant with twins, then lost, tragically lost one of her babies and is um, carrying her other baby who is healthy by all appearances to term. So we're, we're praying for Taylor through her pregnancy. But let's also add Nicole to our prayers, ask God to bless her motherhood and help her through this time of many feelings and adjustments. God bless you, Nicole. 
Hi, Danielle. This is Shelley from the Boston area. I've been listening to your podcast for the last year or so and really enjoy it on a weekly basis. I just finished listening to your latest one on Fake It Till You Make It, which was wonderful and encouraging in a lot of places in my life. But at the end, when you shared the voice memo from Catherine, it really tugged at my heartstrings. I'm going through a similar phase with adult children that are not choosing to practice their Catholic faith and how disheartening that's been for a while and how I just continue to love them and live out my life in a meaningful way with the guidance of my faith in hopes to be a witness instead of challenging them on where they're not necessarily walking where I think they should be. And when I truly get discouraged, I try to think back to what I was doing at 18, 19, 20, 21, and I wasn't practicing my faith then like I do now. So to Danielle's point of turning back at a time in their life when there's a strong foundation, that's my hope and prayer on a consistent basis. So I wish you well, Catherine, and I'll continue to pray for you and your children. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Shelley, for sharing that voicemail on this important topic and to um, reach out to Catherine, who shared last week about her struggles with her children who are right now uh, pulling away from their faith and not practicing it in the way that she raised them to. Um, you know, hearing from you, Shelley, just underscores the fact that Anyone who's struggling with this is not alone. It's a very common thing. It's um, a lot of moms are really struggling with the heartbreak of that going on with one or more of their children. And as they grow older and make choices for themselves, it's really um, very hard to come to terms with the fact that God gave our children free will. And sometimes they're not going to choose in the way that we want them to. And it's really a, a, a very big struggle for a lot of moms um, to watch their adult children make choices that they don't want them to make and um, just pray them through that time. So thank you, Shelley, for sharing your experience and your approach to it. Um, and the reminder that sometimes thinking about what we were like at that age or what our peers were doing at that age and where they ended up and where we ended up can be very encouraging because, you know, not even if you never left your faith for a while, you can remember where your focus was when you were at their age and how much you've matured and how you have a different perspective now, just because of life experience. And your kids will will also um, gain life experience in ways that might push them a little deeper in their faith or challenge them a little bit more to take it more seriously. So we do hold out hope for that. But let's add this to our prayers as well for Shelly's children and for Catherine's children and for all moms who are struggling with this very real topic of grown kids moving away from their faith. It really is a challenging thing. And the most tragic thing is I think a lot of women who are experiencing this feel ashamed or embarrassed of it and they don't talk about it. And so many who do struggle with it feel like they're alone in it. And um, that's absolutely not the case. I, I hear from women every day who are dealing with this problem with their adult kids. So know that you're not alone, but let's, let's as a community of girlfriends, lift up moms who are in these kinds of situations with their adult children and really struggling with the challenge of supporting them through this phase of their lives. I want to take a moment to thank Ascension for partnering with me to bring you this podcast every week. You can go to ascensionpress.com to find out all of the resources they have available for faith 
formation at the parish level. Even inside of a community of girlfriends, you can do a study like Momnipotent, which is a great way to connect with other women. We're talking about friendship this week, so definitely the Momnipotent series is a great excuse to get women together for eight weeks in a row and really talk about the things that matter. But it's one of just many different programs that are event, uh, available from Ascension at ascensionpress.com. All kinds of faith formation materials for parishes and for small groups, but then free resources for you, for your teenagers, for your adult children. You can share with them great video content and other podcasts, all of which is available at ascensionpress.com. I also just wanted to give a mention to the fact that I am booking speaking engagements for the fall and beyond. Um, I've been making plans for the coming season. Uh, I've got a retreat that's coming up actually in summertime, June 23rd. If you're local to me here in New Hampshire, um, I'm going to be giving my You're Worth It retreat in Concord, New Hampshire on Saturday, June 23rd. I will put a link in the show notes with information about that if you're interested. I would love to meet you. Please come out and um, hang out with some women for half of a day. And really, we're talking about connecting with other women and how important that is. Well, the You're Worth It retreat is designed exactly to do that, exactly to talk about the importance of women in the gospel stories and what we can learn from the women that we read about in the gospel stories, but really also connect with other women about those things that we have in common and build each other up and affirm one another inside of our womanhood and inside the strength of our feminine gifts. So that's the You're Worth It retreat. If you're interested in bringing the You're Worth It retreat to your area of the country, you can find out more about that at daniellebean.com forward slash retreat. There's a little form you can fill out and we can start a conversation about how we can go about bringing your worth it to the women of your community. But if you're um, running a conference or looking to book a speaker or just want to have me come and talk to your group of women or your parish or your um, women's group or your conference, I'd be happy to talk with you about that as well. You can get information about my speaking engagements at daniellebean.com forward slash speaking. You know, I'd love to come out and meet you. So check it out at daniellebean.com. And finally, I just want to thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out with me again. I love that we can connect in this way every week. Thank you for all the ways that you support and encourage me inside of creating this podcast week after week. You're the reason I do this. You're the reason I put time into this podcast because I want to serve you. I want to connect with you. I want to support you. I want to help you grow in your faith. And hearing back from you is a wonderful way that I feel encouraged to continue to do that. But even more more than that, just the fact that you're present, just the fact that you're listening is so encouraging to me. And it really, truly makes you a part of this community of girlfriends. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being here for another week. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.